0: You're listening to another episode of Women & Music by Goldhand Girls, and I'm your host, Alexa Ace. Today's episode is so fucking inspiring, and that's because today's guest is July Jones. July Jones is a Slovenian-British pop artist who challenges mainstream pop with a strong determination for queer recognition. As a proud immigrant, July has been through it, like through it, just wait until you hear this. Yet her attitude about life is bright and bold and just... So fucking beautiful. In this episode, we touch on July's musical journey, producing, being on Eurovision, and Playboy, and what it takes to be your own boss. July, this has been a long time in the making. We met in November in Guildford, England. I was over there just to, let's let's be honest, have some fun and i ended up going to your show with girlie and the audience the i have i mean the very first thing i want to say is the audience you were the opener um i think there i think there was another opener for girlie or was there
1: um I don't, no, you I can't don't remember. Okay, I think it was just me.
0: You think? It was, okay. Well, regardless, the crowd was hype. The crowd was hype, and it was so cool to walk into a venue across the world and see people freaking out over you. Because I was like, I have to go to the show. Let's see it. And I walk in, and the energy was just strong and welcoming as fucking possible. So thank you oh, so thank much you. for being on Women in Music today um, let's go ahead. Thanks
1: for having me. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So you're from Slovenia. Yeah.
1: I was born there. Amazing.
0: Okay. So you were born there. So I want to start with your, honestly, your journey. I kind of start all over the place with different people, but I would love to know more about your background. So signed at 14 or so, right? 12. Yeah. You were signed at 12.
1: 12, Holy
0: shit. Okay. Can we start there? What, how did you get signed at 12?
1: Well, okay, so I was born in Slovenia, which is technically it's Central Europe, but in the world view it's Eastern Europe. I think it's because of how it sounds. And it's a part of the Balkan region, which, um, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes attached to that. Um, so I was born there and my mom pushed me into classical music. So I actually started in classical piano. I played piano pretty much every day in my childhood and um i didn't never really enjoyed it but i could understand how i was you know i was grateful for the theory and everything i was learning yeah. but I w- it was never my joy yeah. and um i really loved singing at the time so I was, I was singing in choirs and um my teacher in a choir she said like it's really weird because you're a soprano like you have a really high voice but then you have this really strong alto voice, like, I think you should take singing lessons and try to pursue it, like, as your career. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, <laughs> I want to be a singer. And my idols were like, I went to the singing teacher and he introduced me to Nina Simone and then Etta James was my, like, wow, everything. Like, I literally worshipped that wow. woman, like.
0: How old were you?
1: So young, like 10. So young. Yeah like 10 11 and I my teacher encouraged me to post YouTube covers um online and YouTube kind of just like started to become a thing and the covers especially Mm -hmm. and there wasn't many people at that time there was like Christina Grimmie I don't know if you know like there was a lot of this Lorna Aquilina was a YouTuber at the time and I was like okay I want to do that so every day when I came from school I uploaded a YouTube video and I was very determined like um, on posting so I posted and my views just sk- kind of skyrocketed rock- yes. and um, a label signed me in Germany uh, when I was 12 and I started with them it was a 360 deal no, and at 12 years yeah, old was, yeah 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 it was all controlled by men and um I didn't really understand I was like very excited you know I Germany is Western Europe so for me that was like crazy step Mm. into like the world Mm. and they were like you're gonna be the next Adele we're certain of this like they tried to brand me very soulful and I was like so rebellious so love to hear um, it I yeah so (laughs) once we recorded the music video and then they didn't like it in the post-production so it was already out and had so many views and they tried to take it down So I blocked their account. I blocked the labels account. I blocked, I changed all my passwords. And I didn't know that they can sue me for that. So they sued me when I was a minor. And um, the lawyers decided to, they were like, we should be postponing this like lawsuit so long that you're not a minor anymore because it's gonna, the contract's gonna, it's not gonna be valid Mm. after you're 16. It didn't wasn't valid anymore because I had to I didn't have any um, anybody to co-sign the contract Mm. so I got out of that and at the same time my sister um, she was engaged in LA so we went to visit her with my parents and you know visit her family and I stayed at UCLA for two weeks and on the way back there was a I was on the flight with this guy. And he was saying that he's trying to create a program that would allow Eastern Europeans to do an exchange year in the USA. And I was like, can you do that for music? Like I would wanna be the first one to do that, but I wanna do music. And then he found me a scholarship that sponsored my stay in the USA for a year and a half in my last two years of high school. And my goal in life at that point was I just wanted to be in a gospel choir. I've been in choirs my whole life. I wanted to be in a gospel uh, choir. Like I want, like that was, I was like, I need, you know, soul. I need soul. I need diversity. I need to be, I wanted to meet the new, the new cultures. And I came to the States and literally that's what I did. I was in a gospel choir and I was, um, we were singing all around like, Different states. It was so fun. And um, once there was this guy that came to one of the shows we were doing, and he said, Hey, like I teach at Berkeley, and you know, you should audition for this school, Berkeley. And I was like, Well, I come from Eastern Europe and I can't afford that. I'm not gonna get any, you know, I can't take a loan in this country. Mm. So I said, I would rather not audition. then got get in and not be able to afford it you know because it was so expensive so he said like just try and audition anyways and maybe you know you get a scholarship Mm -hmm. there are scholarships that we're giving out so long story short I ended up getting this scholarship okay and I worked so hard Mm -hmm. I was like traveling to Boston and I realized at that point I was like I hate jazz and I think soul was actually a good it's a good like era of my life but I want to focus my like I want to focus myself on pop music and I was thinking okay what do I do because my mom you know my mom's a lawyer my sisters are in law and economics so they're very and here you are (laughs) educated yeah and here I am so my mom said the only way you we will allow you to be in music is if you do a serious school like Berkeley and do jazz and do a serious musician route. Mm, damn. Um yeah. So I decided like this is I have one life. I wanna move somewhere where I don't need a visa. I don't need to like prove myself. And I thought okay, London is a great great stepping point to LA. So I'm gonna go to London for a few years. I declined my scholarship. I declined my whole uh undergrad uh degree thing and i moved to london and at that point i thought okay so what do i need i have two thousand pounds i had saved up from my childhood savings and then i was like i need one person that's gonna film this experience and one person that's that plays keys that we can go around london and gig in different venues Mm -hmm. and we're gonna put it online and we're gonna be famous within a year let's (laughs) just hustle for a year like that was, yeah, that was the, the dream idea. Like, yeah. So, the dream, yeah. So, I managed to convince my friends to come with me, and I said, I'm gonna leave you for a while, I have two thousand mm-hmm. pounds. And we came to London and we paid down a deposit for a flat, and that was all the money. So,
0: wow, okay, how old were you at this point?
1: I was 16. You were
0: 16. Yeah. Oh my god, you had already 16. gone through all of that. You so, you basically. Yeah have been like in the music industry since you were like 10 and then went through this wild Mm -hmm. journey of where how do I where do I go how is this the right door is this the right door is this the right door and then suddenly you Mm -hmm. you actually get a scholarship to Berkeley and you're like Mm -hmm. you're like pause I want to do pop
1: yeah I was always I never had this like fear I think maybe as an adult you develop more of this you know you 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 think about things a bit more but I was very impulsive and I was like I wanna I had a goal to achieve and I didn't have any I didn't have any it wasn't homesick that much I felt a bit like an outsider at home at the same time in my heart I knew I was very queer you know I had many girlfriends at the time too but my family is very homophobic so I was holding that too so I was always kind of I think maybe queerness actually was the thing that kind of was pushing me because I couldn't face it back at home like but everywhere else I could date women you know yeah and then I came to London and we were poor for two years like we actually we slept on Victoria station a bunch of nights wow. uh, we didn't have any any place so we were homeless for a while July and this is yeah, wild. It's, uh, it's, it's a wild story. Yeah. There's so much
0: dedication. And so much dedication.
1: Yeah, and then I started see. I see like music industry, especially in the UK. I see it like as a cake. Mm. I always have this visualization. I'm like the lowest layer is all the like pub musicians, everybody that just arrived and are trying. Like that's how I saw it in my mind. I was like okay, that's the biggest layer of the most. There's so many people in this layer. Mm-hmm. So. And then it goes, next layer is a bit, a bit established and a bit, you know, niche, niche, get niche. That. And then you come to Beyonce at the top, you know, that's how I saw it. How do you see it now? I feel like same way. Maybe, I mean, Beyonce is not my favorite. Kanye West is maybe my pinnacle <laughs> where I'm like, okay, if I reach that, if I have a cut with him, I'm like, okay. Yeah,
0: you did fair. it. You did it. I love that, that uh, metaphor of a cake though. And especially in London, I think that, yeah. um, you know, also living in London, that is a good way to put it. It's like, people are definitely, um, there are steps to like success that are like a little bit more obvious, I would say in London, like gig wise, Mm -hmm. like management wise, and then creative wise. And then of course, distribution. So, um, so where'd you go from there?
1: So, yeah, so I came here, I was busking for, and I did a lot of I did really well on jazz scene here at the start. So I did a lot of big bands, like, you know, when you get, get like an orchestra and trumpet section, or whatever, we p- played a lot of Pizza Express here and like those kind of yeah. venues for older people.
0: I have friends who um, do that too, but it's been lucrative for them. I mean, it's been a consistent gig. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. I mean, it's totally, it's it's a it's a good place to be. Is just, you know, that was my, you know, not my... Yeah meant to be for me forever so but I I started with that yeah and um, eventually you know at this lower layer of the cake you started meeting so many people and the circles start to repeat so I was like I am my strength is writing which I knew from the German label so I was like why don't my friend was like why don't you offer um, songs to people and ask them for a flat fee Mm -hmm. so I was like Oh, yeah, like, you know, let's do that. And he was like, let's just write a bunch of songs and, like, ask people for a fee. So we started out with that. And uh, we got so many, like, songs out, like, with just the most random people. So
0: how did you find these people, though, that would want to buy your songs?
1: In pubs. Like, Ah, they would play open mic nights. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It was a lot of open mic nights. That's how I... Wow. Like I, and then you networked
0: yeah. basically you're like I you're yeah. yeah I can write for you
1: yeah and we were out every 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 single night Monday to Sunday we played wow there was no night with it yeah it was every night we played somewhere you put the work we'll go in. on stage yeah yeah we it was hustle it was hustle I I look looking back it makes me want to sleep <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, <laughs> you're like I'm tired just thinking I'm, about it I'm tired
1: I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired thinking about it yeah um yeah, and and then um, I was doing this gig, and I was going at ACM at the same time, and there was this guy who was like, hey, there's this management company, um, and it was Jamie Hall, and Ross Patel, and Simon mm. O'Kelly, they were just starting their management company, but Jamie's dad was Max Hall, who was the CEO of Universal at the time, in the UK, so they were like, hey, we would like to manage you, you know, we, we see where you're going, and I was like, oh my god, like, this is amazing, let's, let's work together, so they took me on, and they were the first people that pushed me into, like, bigger sessions, and I ended up going to Sweden, and Norway, and we were writing with Dagny, and made management, oh, wow. and, you know, like, bigger artists that I admired, and I, wanted to but it wasn't jazz and I no this was my first step into pop yes yeah that was like that was very pop yeah Scandi pop was my I think first kind of introduction to writing and how writing looks like here so um so yeah we went there and I started to get a few cuts here and there and it was very exciting because I was like okay I'm gonna be a writer I wasn't interested mm. anymore into being a singer anymore and i thought where i come from you know at the time diversity wasn't a topic we really discussed mm. and with my accent um a lot of doors were closed on me very early on they they a lot of people in the industry they were like you're a bit too eastern european mm. there's not really many artists that are here that are doing this so just focus on writing you know and i was like yeah you know i'm gonna I'm going to gain my credibility by writing. I'm going to show these people, like, I'm a serious, serious musician, you know? It's so
0: frustrating, Um, though. It's so frustrating that you have to keep, you have to prove yourself just because someone's like, oh, you might be a bit too much, you might be a bit too European.
1: Yeah, you know, diversity in Europe, you know, now after Black Lives Matter, things have changed a lot. We talk a lot about, a lot more about, um, you know, different heritage and, Mm -hmm. you know, try to break down the stereotype that, you know, if you're Eastern European woman, you're not meant to be a cleaning lady or, you know, not meant to be somebody's sugar baby, you know, location, location shouldn't
0: have any fucking say in and like who you are as an individual. Well, I mean, at the same time, you know, people are proud of, you know, where they come from, of course. But Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, we are human and whatever accent, whatever sexual orientation, None of that should be involved in the music unless you're trying to have a platform that represents how exciting that is.
1: Yeah. And, but, you know, sadly, it still does a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things are changing by like us talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's very, very hard. You know, if I wouldn't have the credits I have today with my song cuts, I think that the reality would be still very. Same for me, where I wouldn't be taken seriously because I'm a woman that's an immigrant, you know? Mm-mm. Like, what what good am I gonna write? But are you, you know? in the room
0: with a bunch of boys at this point? You know, it's like, who is, who's not taking you seriously and how can they not?
1: Well, now, so after I started to get my first cuts, I, you know, started to be in session. That my life changed from performing every day to writing every day. So I was booked with every artist on the spectrum from dance music to you know pop music to R&B and they were like okay get as many cuts as possible so I was like okay let's do this so I was getting the smaller cuts first and then I started working you know on Zolida's album and then I did Girlie's record and then B- BTS came and Yay. once I got the BTS cut you know my life kind of all of the sessions were open wow. you know like ah. then it was like we want July to write, you know? Wow. And it's ridiculous because I'm the same writer, but that changed everything for me. I, it's you like, I,
0: I love and hate that because it's like you got the opportunity you needed to be taken seriously, but it's like you should have been taken seriously the, the day you stepped in the door, no matter who you're working for, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or judged by, you know, um, your talent, your you talent, know? Your talent, Be in a room and then see if I produce great. If I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think everybody's great writers. I don't think some people I'm in that have Beyonce cuts, I don't think they're great writers. I I judge them by what we are writing on the day. Mm, you know? I love that. Um, I love
0: that. I can agree. I do think that, you know, like not, and also I think writing is subjective. I think that, um, you know, there are certain people that are better in certain genres. I was actually talking mm. to an artist called Upsal and mm. I was talking to her about how in the Swedish- songwriting formula it's very like it's a formula it's like the swedes kind of have this pop structure down and um, of course there's like max martin and um, dennis pop who created it but um, it does trickle down into pop and especially into american pop and um, um, just entertainment as a whole so that makes me wonder for you. So you started as a singer, of course, going into classical, going into jazz, not loving it, getting signed. And then you start songwriting and this this is working. But no matter what, no matter what, every single day you wake up and choose music. So, of course, with time, it's going to work. But that leads mm-hmm. me to wonder, at what point did you start producing? Because you produce, too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Dope. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm when my project started happening and the more, you know, when you're in sessions every day, you are, it's kind of blurred line. I feel like a lot of writers are producers that just don't get credited. And I was always very involved in productions and so interested. Mm -hmm. And because I was doing covers before, I always produced everything by myself before. So logic, my mom bought me logic when I was 15 and I never knew that, you know, other people don't have this. That that's something you gotta get into. So it's always there for me. But when I was put into sessions, I was always put as a writer, even though I was doing production. My first cuts were just not credited, so I've mm. always done it. Mm. Um And till to today, I'm not every session I get in. I say before I'm like, I'm just gonna say now whatever we do here, I want my credit on production yes. because I'm, I'm doing my production. I'm co-producing all of my records. And if I'm telling you, Hey, let's do this kind of drums here and this here that's producing. That's right. Who presses the buttons is irrelevant that's because right. you are getting my writing. Card. Yes. Yes. You, I, I'm writing all of my shit by myself, but producers still take half.
0: Mm.
1: I'm like, how Mm. where is my (laughs) hat? you know
0: man that has to be so fucking frustrating like I can imagine you walking in you know being you being July Jones badass walking in and being like okay wait I I must have the credit I deserve because also literally just even you going up to the computer or whatever and and arranging something is a producer credit Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and and you know I'm very very involved in every track I'm very out there with ideas and I'm you know like I co-produce a lot of my stuff even I take the sessions away and I work on them or I start them like like for example butterflies my first track that's out like I started that on I got inspired by Santigold. Gold oh my god
0: my company is inspired by Santa Gold so I love that you said that
1: <sighs> love Santa yes. Gold Go it's amazing and brought in the beat and then we finished it with my friend and I never even thought at the time I was like oh yeah well he's the producer on it but I I brought in this whole I I brought I made the start of the beat I made the idea like I did this there has to be credit if you're getting credited on my writing and it's always because it's in it's a man's world and we are you know like it's in their favor everything is in the producer's favor they get a fee on top that makes you know? my stomach it's hurt just,
0: it's just it's know, not gonna be a man's actually, world for much longer we, we're we gonna fucking take over No,
1: yeah but yeah like basically production was always there and my kind of my dream is to actually just produce everything by myself but right now i'm in a stage where i'm kind of collaborations are also networking for me a lot yes, so yes you know I love collaborating, but my dream is definitely to just have my own mixtape that is just me working on it. Um.
0: God, I have—I mean, I, I have so many questions that I want to get to, but I would—I would honestly rather just keep talking about this. You know, clicking a button. Let's talk about that real quick, and then—and and then producers mm-hmm. getting credit just because they're basically clicking the buttons because they might have just slightly more knowledge than you on the computer or in the DAW. And mm-hmm. you're trying to communicate the sound um, that you hear to that you hear that might best fit this arrangement. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, also often find at the music industry that women do not get producing credit. Um, mm-hmm. So to hear you say that you want to produce one of your EPs or albums or your music in full, I think is amazing. And I think you should do it. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to hear exactly what comes out of just your brain. I think, I mean, collaborating yeah. is, is, is so important too, though. I mean, of course it's so important and networking, but the individual. Yeah, I mean,
1: I feel like even now, like 90% of, you know, my production on my project wouldn't be there if I wouldn't be there. Oh you know? God, that's amazing
0: because you have the talent and the skill and you've been doing this for a long time to know what you want.
1: Exactly. I, I know what I want my stuff to sound. I'm very particular. I'm very obsessed with. I'm obsessed with music. I'm very nerdy. So like I'm coming into studio with very specific sounds, very specific ideas, concepts, you know, like it's, it's a, my, it's my whole being. It's my everything. It's who I am. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Have you ever had a moment when you're in the studio? Um, and of course not to like bash on anyone, but when um, there's maybe a producer who didn't listen to what you were saying when you were speaking up um or maybe have you had any situations where your song didn't really sound like you because of not being heard
1: i think at this point um there's a lot of mutual respect i have to say i have been, you know i haven't i've been very lucky with my experiences in the studio so There is, I must say, especially in the UK, there's a lot of mutual respect for Mm. writers, especially at this level that I'm now. I feel like because everybody has certain credibility behind them, people take you seriously. And it's, um, but at the start, definitely like, and maybe, you know, sometimes you don't click with people and it happens all all the time. Um, But now I'm in the place where I'm like, if that after three hours for me that's the limit okay that after three hours we're not writing anything that i feel like will produce anything i i will say in the session i will say look like i don't feel like this is working out so let's just not wait because when we when i started writing i would then sit in the session for eight hours and i would know there would not nothing will come out of this but you still sit and hope and you know just sit there with another person, the vibe's completely wrong. But in it's in reality it's dating. Like we yes. are like
0: yes it is. It's
1: like having a date every day without any of the love aspect, but it's so intimate. So if yeah. it doesn't work, I, I will say like, hey, like let's maybe grab lunch, you know, and you know, let's see if another day works or if we just don't vibe, you you vibe. Know, we don't vibe. Yeah. 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 And I think you have to be firm in this industry and you have to, you know Especially as a woman, you have to put your boundaries and you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, um, yep. and be persistent in your goal. And if my goal is writing a hit and it's not happening, I'm I will say get out of there. You know, <laughs> yeah, and if production is wrong, I think that you know I will. You should also say like, this is not especially for your project. This is not really my kind of production. But I'm working with my producer, and. Everybody will get credited anyway. Yes, of course. You know? It's like you
0: want you can take it to someone else to make it sound a little bit more like you but still give the credit to whoever you were in the room with. Even mm-hmm. if it wasn't yeah, a total 100%. vibe. I love that your solution is like I love that your solution you know even talking about boundaries being firm your solution is to put a time limit on it. I think that's really that's really smart. That's really cool. Um, because you've obviously experienced what it's like to be in the studio for like 8 hours and not get anything done. So, through experience, mm-hmm. you've you've learned to draw that boundary through duration saying, if we, if, if it's not working after three hours, I gotta, I gotta keep going.
1: Yeah. And rather, you know, I always say to upcoming, you know, people that want to be in music, you know, you have to set your goals and this is, this industry is about consistency and pushing and, you know, perseverance. You gotta have goals in the week, in the month, say, okay, I want to write for this person, this person, this person, these are the songs I want out and find the people that, you know, are going to help you achieve that. And then just keep pushing and keep going. That's how everything for me happened. There was no miracle ever.
0: It was consistency. So then that makes me wonder, how do you practice your goals? How do you make sure your goals are crystal clear so that you have that path?
1: I think in every stage of my life, I set goals of what i'm trying to achieve so for right right now i have five ten artists in mind that i'm like okay in one year i want cuts with those artists Mm -hmm. and i need the music to come out for my personal project i want the my second mixtape third mixtape to come out i want the second one to be signed to an indie third one to be signed to a major i want to be signed to this person i i you know educate myself about which people are where, what you know, I just signed to Paradigm and I knew who I wanted to sign there directly. And that was my goal. And I manifested it. I, you know, found people that knew that person, like everything has to be clear. Not, I feel like being, when people let it to be just free floating, because a lot of artists are very floaty and I completely understand that. But I think that this, if you want to make money, really serious money and, we all do you know and if you want to be in with artists that are at the top serious you have to yeah you have to have those goals and I every month I kind of now that we just finished the tour I have two weeks off and I am that's my time to repurpose myself Mm -hmm. what what am I doing you know what who are my next artists you know see okay like today I have I have this and this and this, you know, I I have this cut coming out. Like everything has, for me, has to be quite organized. Wow, yeah.
0: That's good. I think that's a sign of a great leader though. You know what you want and where you want to go. I think, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, the floaters out there, that is definitely a way to do the music industry, but if you want to get what you want fast, have that plan, make a plan, stick to it. And then, stay consistent with it, but also keep updating it. Cause of course life changes, um, or, or you get bigger inspirations and then you wake up and you're like, wait a second, I think I can write with Kanye in the next three weeks. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that doesn't happen, but you do everything in your power and then you get the next, you know, best Kanye potentially. Um, it's all about that belief. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. You can write like for me, it was, you know, Kanye is a massive inspiration and I see him in the next few years is my one of my goals. But I work with people that he, are signed to his label and those are my, you know, I'm ticking my goals off my list. I'm like, okay, this person I work with, you know, in the pop spectrum, I work with this and like those, I think having specific goals, specific like clear vision is is very important. And I would also say, um, you know, s- figuring out your strengths, like what what are you good at. But be real with yourself. Like, like when I started, I knew I was good at my melodies are very strong, but I knew my English was shit. So it's like, okay, like how do I, you know, make sure that I get these songs down with melodies, and how do I learn English? And it was just practicing every day every day how did you practice and i just was writing and keep you know writing progressing uh reading books reading phrases when we're when you're writing a lot of times you figure out new words you know and that taught me and then my pronunciation was bad so i would the more i sang but like the more i sang in the studio not out because you can be impressed with your voice you know inside but the more i sang in the studio and i heard it back Mm -hmm then fix it that really took me far but I yeah but I knew my weaknesses I knew my strengths I knew you know my I was being realistic with myself um so also yeah like figuring out what what is your strength and then kind of just expanding and in, in yeah, yeah yeah
0: expanding exactly. on it so I heard you say I, I love like again going back to timeline I love that you're like okay my first I have my first EP second EP and 30p which I just have to say um is also so clever like that's so clever so smart of you because it also gives you a chance to continuously advance yourself um mm-hmm. but that does make me wonder okay so you're signed now
1: yes I'm just signing my deal for the second mix yeah sense. and yeah right. I've I'm very lucky because I have um, a few offers on the table with my publishing and with my paper label deal. So how does that it's feel? The first time in my life, amazing. Like I, you know, I have. I'm signed to the biggest booking agent. Like I've two big tour supports in the pipeline that I didn't predict. That are now crazy. It's like it's it's happening. You know, I don't want to name in now because it's so big um, yay but it's it's like literally the biggest artist that, and i'm just like is it gaga really weird uh. no <laughs> okay but okay it, okay but it, but it's, i could see but you opening
0: up for someone like that,
1: that- it's in that space. okay okay it's, congrats It's on that level that's well, crazy that's
0: amazing yeah, but yeah, dude yeah. you knew you knew it like let's just say you knew it though like you knew this was going to happen you planned for this to happen I mean maybe not the exact mm-hmm. person or maybe or maybe you know I believe in manifesting um but yeah. regardless congratulations because it sounds like you, you did yeah. like everything basically by yourself from your brain mm-hmm. <laughs> um and consistency up until this point
1: yeah and you know I I have like my team is expanding, but we are still a small team. Um, but it's everything's still run by me. And I'm that's why I wanted, I didn't want a major deal right now. I focus on indie uh, that's um, like edgy, like my mm-hmm. music, and has the same kind of artist mm-hmm. sign that I am that are just a bit bigger. Um, because it gives me also freedom to, you know, still lead my project and, you know, be you know, not be signed to some label that's gonna trap me and and not allow me to release music. Been there, done that. Um yeah, really, no <laughs> yeah. thanks. Exactly. Um
0: you're also your creative director though. Your own creative director, right? So yeah. signing to an indie, does that enable you to still um have all creative power?
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. I'm, Thank God. Good. I'm lucky with yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's important. Yeah, my visuals are so important to me. So for me that was my the first thing I was like, I want to have a word in this, 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 and you know.
0: So, how did you prepare for that moment, though? How did you prepare for like, let's say, um, a label pitches you, and and you you have to go into that meeting and state exactly, you know, what you want. So, at that point, did you know what you did you when you when you were getting signed? Did you know how to communicate to them? Um, I still have to be in charge of my create my. Creative control. Does that make sense? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I think that um I'm, I was definitely super nervous about every meeting because you know you don't get these chances twice mm-hmm. in this industry. um Like, once your project is hot, people pick up on yeah. it, and it's not hot long. You know, that's your moment to
0: until the next one
1: until the next one. But you know, building to this is like yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's heavy. So um, I. You know, I was. I'm def- I'm definitely nervous about all the meetings that I'm. I've been doing, and I'm doing. Um, but I'm also very brutal with myself. Like, I don't want to jump in for money. I want to jump in for the right people. So. Good,
0: good. And especially coming from a team like that was likely small at first. Expanding mm-hmm. your team, I'm sure, can be. You can be a bit protective.
1: Yeah, it's weird. So I'm. I'm. Um, signed my management is 7-7 seven, seven Management and you know I am by far the smallest artist they have Hertz and um, the One Direction uh, guy what is his name oh, uh-huh. and um, Slaves and then me gotcha. you gotcha. know and all of the other bands are selling out arenas or stadiums you know so I am the the baby so actually they had this grand vision straight off and I said mm. like no, I, I needed to make sure that it's me, that it's not a, I don't want to be a produced mm-hmm. artist by a record label. I want to be me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and still win the Grammys. And still win the Grammys. Exactly. I think that, you know, wins long-term, hopefully will win me a Grammy by having very authentic project, you know?
0: Um. Yes, it's going to. It's absolutely, go- I'm going to say that right here now. You are going to win all, every Grammy <laughs> you ever Put your mind towards, you're gonna win, and I and I yeah, and I love that. Like I was reading an interview, and you're like, "I'm gonna win ten Grammys," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck yes!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Kanye. That's Kanye's thing. Kanye would practice his Grammy speech, and I I felt the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, "I'm gonna win, win a Grammy." You're gonna win a Grammy. Everyone who is real in this industry is gonna win a Grammy, and that's how it's gonna go.
1: 100. percent. I mean, like you know, I Kanye is obviously a controversial person, but if you watch his documentary. He's I relate so much because the hustle behind our projects like it's so long like it's just such a long journey before people start recognizing and then like you know call you like oh you everywhere I'm brand new artist mm. but I'm like I feel like i have I'm 24 I feel like I've been an artist like 24 years you know you're, again <laughs> yeah, you're tired like, I need <laughs> I can retired no you know? That's a great
0: point though. Like this is such a long game. The music industry is a long game. And like I'm 27. And I think at one point um, like in the early 2000s, it was like getting discovered was the cool thing. Now it's not that there's like not a cool thing. A cool thing is the consistency. A cool thing is to see, wow, who's actually been doing this behind the scenes for that long? Um, you know, again, you're also the example because of um, just the amount of education i guess and experiences you've had and you've put into and the work that you've put into this um Mm -hmm. i don't know i could i could just pop off about this and would love to talk about this all day just because i think that the industry is just it's just a tricky place to be and you got to fight for yourself no one's going to fight for you like you
1: yeah and you know i think we're coming to a better place with it where i have a lot of friends that are 30 and plus 30 plus and um they just broke as like, you know, as an artist, yes. like Cassiette, you know. We need to hear that more. She w- yeah, and it's so freeing for other women, you know, like, because me feeling anxious about doing 24 is just so toxic, you know. Um, I cried on my birthday. Yes, but it is horrible. And, you know, I cried on my birthday and I, no. I felt like this is not how it should be. You know, but that's the industry standard that they've
0: like put on us. It's like you have to be a fucking 18-year-old pop star or else you're going to you're not going to make it. And
1: yeah, but then the reality is if you are, you know, an immigrant um or and you don't have the reach to Hollywood that you can just, mm. you know, be there and if you now that with Brexit, you know, people from my countries, they can't just come to London. You have to have a visa and to, in order to have a visa, you either have to be rich or you have to the long you know, process uh, get a scholarship it's expensive and there is no way for people like me to mm. be 17 and be at that point so there's so much privilege involved wow which is it just like yeah, a whole nother you know, conversation a whole nother conversation and you know for me suza and Lizzo and those girls that they're like 30 plus and it just it's just so freeing yes. that makes me feel like a baby and I am a baby. You yes, know? you
0: are. I mean, so. I'm like, yes, yes, you are the baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I can't feel old at 24. It's just horrible. And when, when I was crying, I was thinking, what example am I putting on for other women and other, you know, people that are, I mean, I have to, I, can't, I have to change my mentality. So I, you know, I'm now actively like I really you know, want to change that for myself
0: too. I think it's definitely hard and that's definitely something that um is hard as a woman or, you know, really any human, but especially those who identify as women, because um yeah. age is just you know, just, just fuck it. Like I literally just had this conversation with them. Um, like I said, another guest too, but it needs to be stopped. And women of all ages need to be celebrated. I love, you know, that you come from a different perspective being an immigrant, because it just immediately makes me think, okay, well, who else from your country? How else do we get girls out? Like, how do we get the girls out? How do we get that talent out of there?
1: I mean, also one thing I want to say is the talent that we have, where I come from and the artists that we have. So Balkan music uh, sells with South American music. So they're the same. We only have reggaeton beats. (gasps) So the beats is really weird. So Balkan artists all sell out in uh, Southern uh, uh, South South America. So yeah, so it's really weird because there's recognition there, but uh, then they have like a hundred million plays. Like people from my hometown, will have like hundreds of millions of streams, but nobody in the West knows who they are and i'm like that's insane because the artistry of this is crazy yes Ooh, send send me, me some later i'm so interested i have to send you oh my god it's so good
0: so then how do we like get gosh then there, there there's such a gap between like eastern european music and of course then there's the middle ground which is like the you know the uk and then there's america so it's like, how do we yeah. bring all of these communities, or women, or those who identify as women, together? Because um, I want to know about those artists. I'm like, who are they? I want, I to, I want right? how, how dance to that beat. I mean, I want to, I, I want to yeah. celebrate women from all, all around the world. But it does suck that it's like we only kind of get to see those who like survive and then also set themselves up to be the tip tip top which means spanning across multiple countries and states and you know likely does involve a lot of money and or like you sleeping on the the Mm -hmm. fucking floor of a station like it it just takes extreme dedication
1: and you know brexit you know here in the uk they you know you don't see it people don't think about this for UK which just like a oh, horrible what Brexit is horrible but it's horrible because you don't think how many lives you're ruining with this when you are literally forbidding people based on where they're born entering a metropolitan city literally now for for Europeans the only cities are Berlin and that's not a music city. So if you are born where I was born, there's no access to pop music anywhere other than, you know, London and LA, they're the big, big cities and there is no access to it mm. now. And i have just, that mm. destroys so many people's dreams. And, you know, I was, maybe I was very determined, but at the time there was no Brexit. So I had this, you know, path that I could at least do London. But if it would Brexit, if Brexit would be a few years before, I couldn't, you know, get my citizenship here, and oh, it just it makes me so sad.
0: I don't like that. I, it sounds it sounds like in the future you need to create a foundation to get get that talent out of there, or at least create yeah, some sort of system um, that that allows or that funds women, or maybe funds the the visa process, or just something to 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 help Mm -hmm. expand that talent. Um, and I want to say like, thank you, I guess too, like, thank you for real for, for being, um, a leader in your country and also being so open about being an immigrant. Um, because Mm -hmm. I don't, I I don't hear that a lot. Um, and I mean, America let's, let's talk about immigration. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. fuck's sake. We, I, I don't know. It's yeah. just it's just completely unfair. Um,
1: I think that you know also when we talk about immigration, people are, and diversity is very ignorant because we just started talking about it. So um, we talk about black people and white people, and that the end the story kind of ends there. And um, my family is very very dark. I am mm. the b- very white in my family for some reason, and then people. Don't when I'm I like, I'm an immigrant, people are like,
0: oh, mm, no. they like question well, you. It doesn't
1: make it makes it doesn't make any sense to people because I look white. But it also
0: doesn't it shouldn't matter like there should be no judgment there when you yeah. say that it should be okay cool like you're here awesome
1: yeah. But but then when white privilege you know uh, became a thing it's all it was like all white people it are this white people are this and it's just mm. like diversity. And privilege comes in many different ways. Not just black and white also, yes. Not just black and white. And we have to acknowledge the black and white, but you have to also acknowledge other people's experiences and being, you know, from East. Uh, You know, I had a a big argument with um, trans woman once because she said, you know, um, uh, the people that suffer the most in the LGBTQ plus community are black. And to me... Mm coming from where I come from, for people getting stoned, mm. I was like, how can you say this? Mm. You are saying this as in the world would be America and UK. Well, you're completely disregarding the rest of the world. So you're actually, it just went very far for me. And, you know, we couldn't, it, it it blew her mind that she never thought about this. And it blew my mind that somebody that speaks for diversity and has this kind of say it just like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a very difficult topic, and you know we have to mm-hmm. listen to each other and bring representation in all sorts of ways, and you know respect that you know skin color makes us different, uh, our origins makes us makes us different, you know language, language, accents, yes. you know representation mm-hmm. is in many forms, you know. Just because I never had representation in any entertainment, mm. any musicians, there's nobody. People are always like, "Do a is from Cosmo Online." But Dua Lipa was born in the UK. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's your difference. Yeah. You know, show me somebody that was born in the Balkans and is now successful. Melania Trump.
0: Yeah. You know? God, that's what I was wondering. What a who a horrible else is example. There. Mm, yeah. Man. So do people from your country, do they idolize
1: her? No, it's no. no okay. There's a lot of shame. in okay. it. There's a lot of shame because she was actually when she rose with Trump mm-hmm. to, you know, there was a s- slight feeling of hope because we all thought, look, she's going to show people how intelligent women are also from Eastern Europe. And she showed nothing, nothing. literally nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and now imagine being Eastern European woman. Ah, oh, you're just like, fuck's like, sake. Oh, you had this position, woman, and you did nothing.
0: Well, July, July it's your turn. It's, it's yeah, your turn and you're doing a damn good well, job at it. So I, I would say, yeah. I think so.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I can go on and on about this. So I mean, I would, I would love to <laughs> another hear podcast. more.
0: Yeah. Another podcast. I think, I mean, I also would love to hear more um, at another time also, because I think that I don't hear enough. I don't hear enough of these stories. You know, I don't really, I do not literally know anyone else at all from Eastern Europe. Which brings me to wonder, your song Girls Can Do Anything, it's an anthem for the women of Slovenia. How did being on Eurovision give you a platform to speak to these women?
1: So I, um, see, I was a writer behind Eurovision for three years before that, and uh, I never published that anywhere because I felt shame. I thought Eurovision is whack and, you know, we are, you know... I don't want to be a part of this. I'm a serious artist. And Manskin came to the scene mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. changed. It was like, oh, your vision should be cool because, like we we're just talking, there is no space for European artists to actually represent, you yeah. know? And if your vision is made cool again, we have a space where we can actually give a massive platform, 180 million viewers yes. for your European artists, you know? That's a way
0: to see it, exactly.
1: So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, let me try. Uh, I, I thought it's a bit cringe, but let me go there because this is a platform the, at the end of the day. Yes. And, you know, what Manskin did, I was like, I, you know, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want to, I need an audience. I need more of an audience. So I thought what better way to go home and represent and show queerness and show how you know, I feel about women and and have this women empowerment. And I went and um, it was received because I was openly queer. Mm. So at the start, I had a lot of bad articles about me. Um, Fuck that. It was, it was scary. I've never had, you know, my fans are very lovely people. And I feel always having a safe, I have a safe space because I'm still edgy artist. I'm up and coming. Mm. So i don't have this mainstream and all of a sudden i was exposed to the mainstream media and the news channel and i was like this is crazy and the titles were like she admitted she's pansexual and like kind of shaming me and it was so heavy and i I sure am
0: sure (laughs) yeah wow yeah i haven't really thought about how um, that could like that 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 transformation from like local media to big media I'm sure that hurts. oh yeah
1: it's it, it it hurts but but you know you you gotta just zone it out you, you can't you can read this like it's just you like the many fans that i got out of it and you know i feel like i have actually influenced with that so many more people that i ever have before. yes so, you have you know i'm i'm trying to focus on that and not you know there's hate involved with it so anyway, so I um, I think you made it cool,
0: I, I mean, yeah manskin did too, but you definitely you definitely went up there and represented so
1: well, but i I only did a pre so i I only was on the stage of my country, I didn't, and I wasn't on the eurovision stage okay because i didn't I was third on a, a jazz band one, mm-hmm. and they ended up being last mm-hmm. on Eurovision oh, so
0: see, I don't get any access to that over here,
1: oh yeah, yeah, so my country, otherwise I would be like way bigger now but um my country decided that i was too risky and too out there and i'm sorry what um yeah and um you know i have so much to say on this topic as well because depending on where you're from that's your budget from your for Eurovision and it, I was born in Slovenia and my budget was zero and then Italians what? have 50,000 no. and Finnish people have 20,000 per person it's just mind blowing and um wow i didn't I know invested. it worked like
0: that yeah it's so it's like yeah. the country like invests in you basically and sends you to represent yeah
1: yeah and and the rules for each country are different so for uh, whatever the country decides so uh Slovenia decided that we are not releasing the tracks before the live show the live competition, which makes no sense because then the first time people hear the track is live, which, you know, then you're dependent on the sound engineer and uh, Italians released their tracks, uh, four months before, before the competition. So people are streaming them like crazy. Uh, Albanians released their tracks before Finnish people released their track before made the music videos for their artists. You know, they, it was, uh, I have so much anger towards it because, you know, how can you dedicate different amounts of money? Mm -hmm. Um, I think there should be a rule, you know, if you want to be as a country, a part of your vision, this is what you have to dedicate to your artist. you know, and
0: immediately unfair. It's immediately. Yeah,
1: immediately unfair. And, you know, I knew as going as Slovenia, I was never going to win, but I always thought okay well it's such a platform though so let's put the money in yep. So i put so much of my money in and you know i just paid it off like a month ago <gasps> because it was just so expensive
0: wow yeah. wow 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 yeah i'm sure you could really chat about this i mean i'm over here like i want to know what the contract said i'm like I-,
1: I cannot believe in this age you know that these kind of rules exist and nobody's saying anything and um i think that it comes from people that are from Less smaller countries, they're be kind of scared to say, anything, mm, you
0: know, or put money towards it as if it is an investment for your country. Because, like, also, uh, let's yeah. let's be real if you were to have, um, if you were to have one or even furthered yourself just a little bit more, it's that representation for your country. So, it's like it could bring mm-hmm. you know, it could bring the country money, but they chose to not invest. So, yeah.
1: um, and right now, I am thinking. You know, I am British and I am Slovenian. So I have double citizenship. So Uh-oh. I might, I might rep UK. I might, tr- I mean, I'm trying. Um, as an immigrant, nobody has ever done it. So the first reaction of the UK people was, um, you know, you are not British enough. And I was like, but I am, I have a passport. Yeah, you're like a... Uh, um mm. I am British though you know I've grown up here for, since I was sixteen you know uh I don't know anything other than Britain as an oh, adult mm-hmm. you know and uh that sucked, but I think that you know it uh it is changing and I think there is a chance and you know as Britain you can win um sadly, this is so political that you know yeah Britain Britain is important enough to win. Um, so, it's so I'm unfair. thinking, you know, it is unfair, but, you know, again, just, you know, gotta look at your solutions. And mm-hmm.
0: I love that you're continuing to represent though. Like, I really love that you're, you kind of know what you're putting yourself into, but you're still going to go challenge, um, whatever they tell you. Anyways, like you're just like a diehard rebel. You're a real rebel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I, I will see, you know, like it's very hard in Britain because we don't have any pre competition. So it's in Britain is the only country where they just pick somebody. Wow. So If you, yeah. So here there is no competition. So there is no, you have to have the right connection in and, um, Right now, I we they are trying to figure out which label is going to mm-hmm. be picking for next year. And um, oh my goodness, we'll see, I mean, we are we are going to try, and you know, I'm trying to write the right song as well. That's that's also important. that it's the right angle, the right kind of commercial and edgy. You know, it has to be the right blend.
0: So, would it come out um, before though? Does Britain allow it, the song to come out before?
1: Yeah, and they have ma- massive campaigns. Massive. Okay,
0: yeah, that's so worth it. I don't it's know so if you've seen.
1: It. List. So Britain was always last, but this year was the first year that they would win if it wouldn't be for Ukraine. Mm. Um and they put millions into promoting. Oh, it was crazy. oh it was Sam wow. Ryder.
0: No, I, yeah, didn't, yeah, I yeah. didn't watch it. Wow. But um I'm so interested. I'm so interested now. And I think I think it's really cool too. Like I just kind of keep saying, like, no matter what, no matter if you at first you were like, I think this is kind of whack or cringe or whatever, you still did it, like and you still decided to. I mean, you never know if there are other let's say there are other like 12 year old queer girls out there and you're the one fucking person that's representing them. So at the end of the day, it might be kind of dorky or whatever. I don't think so. I see it as an exposure platform and a chance to invest in yourself and represent.
1: Um, Yeah, I I see it too. I mean, like, you know, I always say, that's whatever the other country is doing if somebody wants to dress in banana or and thing, you know that is their own thing like that you know you do that but it doesn't it shouldn't be taking away from people that are serious and um you know it showed with manskin and it showed with i, I don't know if you know mahmoud like he's one of yeah. um, he's an italian artist and you know he's streaming per songs now 200 million per song it's, it, it's intense Damn. you know and it's all because of Eurovision and it it's massive.
0: It is you know? intense, but you're also going for that. I feel like with or without Eurovision, you're going for that naturally. Even having that, yeah. even having the songwriting credits behind you, like you, no matter what you're working your way, like I kind of keep saying all the way up. So those 200 million hits are going to come whether you're on Eurovision or not. Right. Thank That's you. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate Um, that. So that leads me to Playboy. I want to know. I want to know. I just want to know what you're doing. And how has your experience been so far working with Playboy? And I just think it's so cool. Like, it just is such a way to represent confidence. Um, Like, yes, it's it's sexy, but I just am so for women expressing themselves with their body, whatever. Tell me about it.
1: So um, a lot of, you know, Playboy is definitely a controversial move for me, but, you know, as we kind of mm-hmm. figured by That's now i do. love this kind of moves mm-hmm. you know it, it makes me excited um i have had a few talks with people where you know because of um you know he the previous owner of playboy you know uh he was seen as a, a pedophile mm-hmm. and a, you know um but as hugh hefner died uh playboy got taken over by women it's majority women and queer people and they they've sold the mansion and they are completely rebranding playboy wow. so they created this thing called playboy playboy centerfold which is um bringing up artists and their first artist they signed was um Cardi B and wow. it kind of works as like um exclusive platform where you know you um people pay monthly and you Post, you know, um, things from the studio, or you know, um, secret interview, or whatever. Okay, wait, like, wait a second. You give me
0: this is a Playboy. Th- it's a music industry platform. Uh-huh. Shut yeah. up! I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, people can do all sorts of things on it, but um, their aim is to, you know, sign more artists and um, uh, the representative at playboy contacted me and she was eastern european so she said thank Yay. i would love to have an eastern european artist mm-hmm. on my roster and i was like okay let's you know chat on zoom and we fell in love with each other that's and, amazing um yeah and they organized a shoot that was shot in slovenia so okay. that was my first wow. shoot for them and All my friends uh, worked on the shoot and I could pick a team and, you know, the designers were Eastern European. So it was all Eastern. Wow. This is
0: amazing. This is so amazing to hear. Okay. 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 Keep going.
1: So we shot that and um, I kind of thought, okay, that's kind of it. And then they said, you know, we would love to work for you long-term with you long-term. And um, I was in LA just last month and I stayed, you know, with them, like, we planned our whole year ahead, acoustic sessions, you know, like they have their own private jet. They would like to do like sessions in the jet, you know. Oh my um, it's just so cool what they're doing. And, you know, seeing so many queer people there, it was just... Okay,
0: I want to know about that too. Playboy's representing queer people. Fuck yes, queer yeah, women. It,
1: and, and like one of the top... Uh, people at playboy right now is this um, woman named holly and um i don't know if it's a she or they mm. but um they you know are so queer and you know you can tell yes. and they've been with playboy for years and been wanting to rebrand it so it's just so i'm very excited to be a part of this you know journey with them and uh, it is very sexy and you know provocative, and but that's my branding, anyways. Yeah. So for me, it makes no difference. You and know? it sounds
0: like it's a great team behind it, too. That it's just collaborative, it creative is really,
1: work, really, honestly. I mean, and I anytime I went there, they just gave me so much food and, yes. hosted me and made me Playboy coffees and you know, made me cupcakes with like rainbows wow. on it. It was just like what heaven. a difference! <laughs> what a
0: difference between eurovision and playboy like just those two stories say a lot about which way you should be represented so congratulations on that
1: thank you so much
0: i love that we actually didn't get to like the majority of the questions a lot of the questions i do have though are about your visuals and your confidence so i guess i want to know what does confidence mean to you and how do you carry it with you in your music
1: think confidence for me is being very comfortable with yourself and you know with your true self for me that you know requires a lot of crazy outfits and you know that gives me excitement and no matter what other people think I feel comfortable in that so just being comfortable with that is you know with who you are is what it would mean and yeah like I've always dressed weird um I when I was in the states I was actually hosted by a first host family there and my host dad hated how I dressed and you know uh they asked me to leave you know so I switched host families no. but I was always like that you know like I, I was like well if you don't like what I wear then yeah. you know bye
0: you're staying you know? true to yourself
1: um so I think that and clothing is something that I express myself through mm-hmm. and you know I wish to eventually expand my brand and you know I my partner and I we would love to um, do like a shop and collaborate with brands and create our own clothing lines and um, it's just something that's it just speaks to expression my my clothes yeah Yeah. I express myself through them and um, they mean a lot to me so yeah.
0: So what can we expect for like maybe visuals and style for part two and part three of your EP?
1: Craziness. Craziness. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Do you have any
0: like color themes or like, is it, um, is it also going to be called Silly Little Dream part two and three?
1: Yeah. So I, it's part two and part three. I, um, I only wear red and black in all of my visuals, so I don't do any other colors so smart. Uh, except in my free time, everything, everything is like beige and cream like this. Nice. It's um, like you need a break. So, yeah, it's my break. But all of my July Jones is uh, red and black. And it has been always Um actually since I was very, very little. And it started with red lipstick. Mm, me I too. always wore red lipstick. Yeah. yeah. It was just something about it. And then people started like to catching. red lipstick. You
0: feel yeah. great in it. <laughs> like sexy. Yeah.
1: It's sexy, it's bold, it's like out there. and um, when I was at high school, people always recognized that, and I was like, Wow, why don't I build a whole brand around color red? Mm. I love red. It represents, you know, romance, anger, sexy, and it's like, it, it, I don't yeah. know, it's just so many emotions in that color. so, yeah, it's it's gonna be definitely red and black, and you know um can't I'm wait very into futuristic, yes things, yes. any anything anything in into the future it's like I'm like, You're
0: like I am there in my brain with you
1: yeah yeah
0: I want to know did you did you make up your name
1: no I mean yes uh okay. no, yes. <laughs> no yes no I I, <laughs> I was um so my I was born in July on 3rd of July and my mom named me July but It's in Slovenian. It's spelled a little bit different, Um, but it it means July. So when we came to London, everybody was always pronouncing it so weird. And uh, my ex partner, he said like, "Why don't you just translate it to English? Mm -hmm. Like, just spell it like you know uh, people spell it in English." And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, so much sense." And then people start saying July, and then we were like, okay, July is quite short. So then we made this list uh, with uh, their sister. We made a list of last names that we thought sounded cool. And we were like going for really weird I fucking things. Love and, it. and I would introduce myself around for a week, like with different names ah! you know, <laughs> and see what worked, what, what, worked, what, what felt what, good.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are other names you tried? Do you know? Do you, do you remember? Oh my,
1: I don't, don't remember, know. but it was so weird. It was so, it made no, no sense. Um, and July Jones made no sense either at the time, you know, it's also a bit alien-like. And we were like, let's, because July is quite weird, let's just, you know, it's a lot for people to process anyway, so let's just pick something very simple. So then we were trying July Smith, July Jones, <laughs> July, <laughs> whatever. Basics. The basics and July Jones just had this ring. It works, like,
0: Queen. It, it works. Is,
1: yeah, thank you. <laughs> um,
0: I actually made up my last name too, so I love I love hearing you say like, well, we just kind of figured out what sounds cool. Well, guess what? Me too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You can do that in life. Yeah, exactly. This is something that you know. My partner is transgender, and um, he also changed his name. And, yes. Um, he he was also like what. I can go into my fantasy now and be whoever the yeah, fuck I want. Yeah. And I feel like in life, we evolve so much. Like, why Why are we so stuck with our names? Yep. Like, why is that Why not such rename a, yourself? Yeah, like when
0: you're 21 or 2?
1: <laughs> when you have the, such a lame name, why not be whatever the fuck you want? Like, it. it yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like everybody in London. Or if you is don't lame.
0: identify with it.
1: Exactly. Or like, I mean, everybody here is named Sam or everybody.
0: Tom or Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> In
1: London. <laughs> yeah. And you, you don't have what, like, obviously if you love your name, who cares? But like, you know, if why we explore clothes, we explore sexuality. Why why do you have to care about your name? Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I feel like we, like,
0: You invented it. It is freedom. It's like, it's the invention of self. It's like, here's who I am. But I remember, I remember, I don't know if you went through this, but like for the first time, introducing yourself and having to like, you like changing all your socials to like match your new name. Um, and then like introducing yourself and and remembering to say like, I am July Jones or I am Alexa Ace. It's like, you have to like train yourself to also mm-hmm. become that person. But I think the more that you like train yourself, the more like down the, the like self-discovery wormhole you go down, which is so freeing and beautiful. Yeah. And um.
1: yeah. So, so true. I mean, it, you know, my name was the first thing that defined me, you know, it was like the redefined me. Okay. Yeah. So
0: then, so, so God, I could talk to you all day. Okay. Wait. So, <laughs> so at what point did you change your name?
1: I think it was Before the first songwriting. Uh, yeah, it was the first year coming into London. So my my original last name is Al Jazz, and people kept saying like, uh, "So that's why you do jazz." And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> "No, not at all. That's, that's just such how a dad I was joke. born with." That's so dumb. I know. <laughs> I know. It would be shocked how many people said it. So I hated that last name, and you know, I still wanna, you know. I recognize it and you know I'm grateful but like it's um yeah just I changed it in the first year and then made my life who you are
0: yeah and then you and then you became her yeah I think it's so cool you created her and became her same same and I would definitely influence anyone who's listening right now if you've ever thought about changing your name just sit down with a piece of paper and yeah what sounds cool
1: and then what what do you identify with try whatever
0: yeah, try or or like July, just go around and have different last names for a week. <laughs> I would love to hear, yeah. I would love to hear some feedback if anyone does that. So, July, the last question I have for you is what is your gold moment in life? And that means like a pinch me, holy shit, I did this for myself moment.
1: Oh, I think it was actually, you know, the last show I've done here in London last week. Wow. Um recent. My yeah we sold out heaven and (gasps) oh that
0: venue oh
1: i know and my mom came oh wow my mom flew in yeah (gasps) my mom flew in with her friends and she's never seen me since jazz day
0: (gasps) (gasps) whoa
1: okay and uh she was crying and i dedicated the song to her and you know my fans were you know they were uh, hugging her and hyping her up and it was just like i was like i did it i i sold out we sold out 1100 people my mom sees it she's here i i accomplished something you you know that that was the she can see because when i got a bts cut or it was also a pinch me moment of course but um getting a platinum record from my mom Mm -hmm. she doesn't get it you know they don't speak english so well and but this, she could see and feel, see. and you know, yeah. she was like, "Wow, this is I get it now. This, I'm, yeah, and that was wow.
0: Congratulations! Yeah. That I mean, that sounds like a full circle moment. Like you hit, you hit home. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah. so, oh god, like I said, I could just keep going. I want to know about like your family <laughs> and everything. We'll have to keep in touch when I'm in London next. I think that that
1: hundred percent. Yeah, that gold
0: moment, dude, is just that's it. Like that's that feeling that you know that that drives your soul is like let me show you what i can do no really no really like i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna keep proving myself
1: by the way you have a sick uh podcast voice it's uh- such a good <laughs> you should Thank do an ASMR. me and millie are obsessed with asmr and <sighs> you would be like a perfect asmr so it's just like someone
0: said that last
1: oh, week it's such a nice okay you have such a nice voice thank you so.
0: thank you thank you thank you okay well Amazing. that means so all much all right to me. i'll speak to you soon all right thank you so much july bye. bye thank you for listening to another episode of women and music please go follow july jones at july jones on everything spotify apple music and while you're at it forever and always listen to more women and music